This is Kevin Evans with the chapter by chapter live class at Crossroads Assembly of God in Greenville. And we are currently studying the book of Luke in the Gospels. And we started chapter 21 uh, last week and we got all the way to verse 9 before uh, it devolved into heated discussion. Um, just as a recap, uh, Luke, we are toward the end of uh, Luke's gospel, and uh, Christ is in the temple after his uh, 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 triumphant entry back into Jerusalem in the final week of the Passion Play, and Christ spent most of that week in the temple teaching aggressively to the people of Jerusalem. And according to the last verse in this chapter, he would then leave the uh, temple in the evenings and he would sit in the Mountain of Olives where it was presumably cool with his more select closer group and he would teach yet another class. And so uh, it was all about uh, 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 Christ teaching and getting the word out. And of course, he's not pulling any punches with any of the powers that be and he's shamed everyone uh, the Herodians, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and uh, they're all plotting to get rid of him because he's having a big revival in their temple and they don't like it. So that's kind of where we are. So Luke, in chapter 21, records uh, one of uh, Christ's last teachings before the final events of the Passion Play uh, begin, because in chapter 22, uh, it stops being teachings, and it's a, uh, it's a series of events that lead to Christ's crucifixion and then ascension, and then, and then it's the end of the book. So, so this is the last uh, thoughtful teaching, and that you can argue with both of those statements, uh, in the section. And so I think uh, it's important. So Christ uh, was asked about... Herod's temple, which we talked about last week, and uh, because whoever was standing around him was uh, complimenting the architecture, you know, like you do. You go to visit a college campus and you go, oh, look at that fancy building. Isn't Tourists do that, right? I've been a tourist. You go to New York and you stare at the Flatiron Building and you go, why did they make it that funny shape? Yeah, well, yeah. So they're 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 complimenting the 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 construction. So Christ turns around and says, "Yeah, all that's gonna fall down." And they go, "What?" And then he launched into this big, uh, kind of complicated prophecy of what's gonna come in the future, and it's rather long, and. Luke was not there when he wrote, when he, you know, when Christ said this. So I'm thinking that, you know, if you're, if you're interviewing people in order to get a story, there's a lot of detail in this. And uh, I think Luke had to have been very precise in making sure that he understood exactly what this message was. So he interviews, and this is Gospel of Kevin, 
Peter, and Peter gives him his take on it, and then he interviews somebody else, and he get, they get their take on it, and they corroborate each other's story. So it wouldn't have been this detailed and this complex unless he had corroboration from multiple people that heard this story, right? Well, yeah, but he was, he was a doctor also. Right? Yeah. Smart. Smart. Well, he was trained in research. So yes. He would have been a researcher. My point is, is that I think maybe not. This wasn't just one teaching. I think it could have been multiple teachings. I think Christ taught this several times, and 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 Luke needed to very very carefully put this passage together. It's just an intricate passage, and it's the last teaching in his gospel, and I think it, that adds importance to it when you look at it from the perspective of ancient literature. So I, I think there's some, there's some gravitas to this, to throw a big fancy word at you. Okay? So, uh, wait, there is importance to this teaching. Because I'm fancy. That was very apropos. Thank you. Yeah, she she's fancy too. Okay. Do you know what? I'm just gonna keep or just jump right in here. All right. So uh, we'll pick it up at verse ten. Okay. Oh, one more thing. Just to recap again, what we talked about last time. There is a concept of studying uh, Christ's prophecy. That's called the principle of double reference. He tends to give a prophecy of something that is immediate to the lives of the people that are immediately around them. And those events in their future that are specific to them are pictures of events that are going to happen to the world much later. And so he'll mix those two prophecies together. And that's what's happening in this, which makes it kind of complicated to read because there isn't any line that says, okay, this is going to happen now, and then this is going to happen then. But they are separate. And you, as you read it, you can tell which one's going to happen when. Are you saying it's like writing a sentence and not putting a period? Before? Something like that. And remember, this is a translation from ancient literature, and the standards of writing literature are different then than they are now. And they didn't have a Strunken Whites, and they didn't have the Hero's Journey, and you know, they wrote what made sense to them at the time, and and that that's appropriate for any literature. But you have to uh, ju you have to judge it on their standards. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You never do that. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was too gravitas for me. To uh, I'm not sure if you used it. Okay. Uh, verse 10. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be a great earthquakes, famines, pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. And then verse 12, it says, but before all this, so he does give us a little time stamp in there. So those are two separate prophecies. So 
this prophecy, because we just came in from verse 8, which we studied the other day, talking about wars and, uh, uh, and, and, and rumors of wars and revolutions is how my NIV translates it. All these things must happen first. And he said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. There weren't great signs from heaven, to my knowledge, in 70 A.D., which was the fall of Jerusalem, which was the local thing that he was prophesying. And I think he's talking about the end times and the second coming when he talks about that. So, pestilence. Do we have more of that now than we did? What's our definition of pestilence? COVID-19. They had the black and the Spanish flu, the Spanish, and got many, many millions that killed. Yeah. What about the Red Scare? Does that count? Yeah. Uh, there have been lots of plagues in you know going back, and uh, pox. yeah, that's new. I like the meme that's on. And it sounds fun. It shows two clowns. It's okay. It's just monkey pox. The two evil clowns, uh, on, and one one of the evil clowns show the other evil clown like around this town. It shows. COVID-19 show monkey pox around. <laughs> 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 Introducing them to the town. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Must have been the context. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. Context. I don't know. But, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I think so. And I, because I'm also looking just pestilence because I think Bill and I were talking about this last week because I'm on another controversy about just not just pestilence, but if even with the book of Revelation, you see a lot of letters saying, Because when you when you hear about giant hailstones coming from heaven, yeah, I mean, I, I certain weather conditions. I, I think certain weather. I I think global warming does line up with the book. So there you so so big. That's just my first. Climate change is having a lot to do with all of the tribulations. I I, I can see that. I'm not okay. saying that's say it. As I argue this point. I have, in my other hobbies, have been researching the pioneer period in the 19th, 17th and 19th, 18th and 19th centuries. And so as Americans are pushing west after the American Revolution, uh, you know, I, 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 going into the early, the, 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 the pioneers in the middle of nowhere and I've got to figure out why some lady died, okay? so. I don't know how to put this. So uh, I've got this person I'm researching, and they passed away in 1820 in Kentucky. Okay, so I don't know exactly why she died, but I want to narrow it down to the highest odds, all right? So I look at the statistics on what was going on in Kentucky in 1820, and the end is sobering. First of all, she was female, so probably she died in childbirth because everyone died in childbirth in the 1820s in Kentucky. Uh, if not, then there was smallpox, and you would have waves of smallpox go through a community, and 30 people would die, and then it would clear up, and, and they would move on. 
And if that didn't get you, it was scarlet fever. Scarlet fever was much more virulent than, than smallpox, because smallpox kills you fairly quickly. Scarlet fever spreads itself around. And so they were terrified of scarlet fever. And, and you could kind of, yeah, sure. And then there was something called yellow fever, which is kind of like scarlet fever, but not exactly the same thing. Oh, and then there was cholera, which actually is more of a European thing, but it showed up here occasionally. And uh, they were real familiar with that one, but it was kind of showed up as a special surprise every now and then. Oh, and then there's polio. You know, it just goes on and on and on. There, pestilence is, it, when you look at the American history, it's, it's woven into the tapestry of our nation. I always thought pestilence had to do with bugs, like real bugs, like grasshoppers or something. Oh, like, like, like the locust coming. Yes. I, saw, I saw the Pest. first part of a movie called Into the West, and of course a wagon got loose and it rolled over the woman's leg she's in the back of the wagon they showed her leg was full of maggots so they got three or four people to hold her down they stuck a rag in her mouth and they took an old saw and they put it in the flame and started sawing her leg off the reputation there yep and she died of course she died you know she was screaming in pain and then it was all quiet and she was gone i want to make note that kenny is no longer actually listening online he is with us oh yeah i didn't announce his interest did i yeah. okay. i was still probably Oh, were you? Okay, okay. So what you're saying is that it's gone up? Well, I'm saying that, you know, people keep making the, the point that, uh, you know, we have more earthquakes and more tsunamis and more uh, disease now than we ever have before, so the end time is coming. And I don't know that statistics really back that up. And if you look at disease, we are so much better off now, COVID and all, than we have ever been. Better off because we have more weapons to fight them. Agreed. But new man comes up with new ways to make matters worse. We were forced to come up with more. Agreed. But I think if we look at, just statistically, I don't know that if disease, the, the, the rates of disease are going up. Uh, I'm not sure that the rates of, of natural disasters are going up. The world, the world's been through five ice ages, okay? You want to call that global warming? I mean, it's the way the world, the world. I, well, but let's face it, pollution is horrible. Well, yeah, they America said 100, 200 years ago. You can't say that the rate of pollution does not affect the atmosphere. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that's common sense. God yeah. gave us common sense. Yeah. I, but to say, all I'm saying is we cannot say that when you read the book of Revelation, and this is not thus saith the Lord, that is it not fair to say that the atmosphere, you know, weather patterns in the book of Revelation do seem to be out of whack. Yeah. Well, it's look, it's like from our, man's incompetence. Yeah. I mean, the, the stuff that happens in Revelation comes from man's incompetence. God's saying, I'm going to let it happen. You guys did this. We'll let it happen. Is it not at least common sense fair enough to say, could it be possibly weather goes a little nuts in the end time? Well, didn't the Lord say man would destroy himself? And I read this morning that California is sinking into the ocean. Why is it? Could they? Would they? Why is it? Why is it so because weird for us to say? You know what? Maybe we have polluted the world to the point it's affecting the atmosphere. No offense. Why is it so unchristian to say that? I, well, I think I'm assuming um, that was a rhetorical question. Okay. Well, personally, I think the West has got it better 
but we're not, we're punishing the wrong countries, China, India, the bigger polluters. We don't crack down on, but the smaller polluters, America, European countries, we tend to put drive through the middle choke, both end to see the hold. factory sending all that smoke through the air. We're we're polluting real bad. Okay. I middle of the end has those two concrete. We drive we drive through middle of the end to visit my mom in Louisiana, and it's middle her her sister bought that plant. It sends tons of pollution into the air. I mean, I'm not trying to debate this, but I mean, is it why do we not consider the fact that? There's pollution in the air, yeah. and it affects, it affects the West. So I think the takeaway is that um, there are, are varying opinions on whether or not we are rapidly rushing into the I end times presently. I agree, except for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, my statement stands. Uh, okay. Can, can I bring Dr. Wyckoff, my end times professor? Oh, please bring we do understand technically, theologically, the end times started when Christ ascended into heaven. Oh, well, then. Okay. He said, so we, we only tend to think the end times, well, it's got to be 21st century on. The end. It was the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of the end when Christ ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1. That was the beginning of the end. Now, God thinks differently of time than we do. It's just a particularly long season. <laughs> yes. I mean, to God, if that, 2000, that was 2,000 years ago, give or take, you know. To God, that 2,000 years is like, yeah, we are in the end times, but that began 2,000 years ago. A thousand years is as today. Yeah, and so we tend to think, well, that wasn't the end times. So when we're thinking of, well, that, that wasn't the end times, but, you know, this is the beginning. No, this is, we are in the end times. So was George Washington. So was, you know, everyone. This is a whole process of the end times over a thousand years. <clears throat> That's Dr. Wyckoff. I may have mentioned Wyckoff. Well, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Wyckoff. You have to look and at. Kenny says the final say well, before we go well, on to the. You next have to words. look at Israel and stuff as the catalyst of end times and stuff. Not. Not necessarily the rest of the world. You got to look at Israel to me. They're, they're, that's God's focus point. Yeah. So, so that's that's just me. Western city, yeah. I agree with you. So we tend to look through Western it's, eyes it's in, in America and all the terrible things that's happened in America. Yes, that and America Scripture says nations will rise and fall. And I have no problem with that because everything before that was pointing towards Israel being reestablished. Yeah. I have no problem with yeah. that. But once again, a thousand years to God is like. Like that, yeah, Israel. But we got to be careful about the details because, once again, I grew up thinking a generation because the Bible says <coughs> a generation after Israel come together, that's when everything's going to happen. Well, generations forty years, it's been over forty years since Israel became a nation. Nothing happened. We got to be careful about pinpointing things. That's exactly right. And 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 you know, it's been well over forty years since Israel. I, there's been a, there's been two generations since Israel became a nation, and nothing's happened. Let's be careful about being sticklers to what it says, because we've been wrong about a lot of things. Well, I've always been confused by what Jesus said. He said, this generation will not pass away, but here you go, look how many generations there's been since he made that statement, so I, that statement. Well, that was the, that's where they come, he's talking about reestablishment of Israel, and that's everybody, how Lindsay and everybody said, 
well, as soon as Israel established one generational pass and then the rapture and all that stuff will happen, we've had several generations pass since that and nothing's happened. We've got to be careful. That Dr. White calls it. White House always says that too. So it's So what exactly did Jesus mean when so, he said this generation shall not pass away until they see all these things? Because he was talking about the, the fall of Israel in seventy AD. Okay, so he was talking about that and not going any further. And that's where all these people get yes. confused yeah, about ready. what the end time. Do you, you believe in a seven-year yeah. tribu tribulation period, or do you think that's people reading more into don't Oh, I, I believe in tribulation period. I just, we don't know what it looks like exactly. Well, it's just going over the cliff. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's over. It's lost okay. Verse 12. <laughs> but before all this, which means that we're not talking about the end times, we're talking about something before the end time, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors and all in the account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by your parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. Not, uh, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the cities get out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled and by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That's, that's when the Romans went in and destroyed it 35 And in 70 AD, uh, the, the Jews rebelled against the Romans in an organized resistance and started overthrowing Roman governance. And Rome, because it was the world power, rolled in multiple armies surrounding the city and they removed the Jews from Jerusalem. They took 100,000, it is estimated, as slaves and moved them into other countries and they slaughtered everyone else. So anyone they can use as a slave, if they could be beneficial and profitable, because that's the way Romans thought, and uh, they killed all the old men, women, and children because we don't want Jews in this country anymore, and they emptied Jerusalem. Now that's just one city. And so there are still Jews in the rest of the country. They didn't, you know. They made an example of Jerusalem. They, they made an example of Jerusalem. It was the capital, and it's where the temple is. And they moved uh, pagan Roman citizens in and assigned all of that stuff, you know, with uh, kingly grants of land. And they repopulated the land with loyal Roman citizens. Problem solved. 
a, a, a system that has been used abusively many years since and multiple occasions. Uh, that's what Christ is referring to. However, I noticed something interesting in this passage. I, I don't think it's referring to the end times. I think it's specifically referring to that fall. But he's saying, you are going to be persecuted because of me. Isn't there scripture where he described each one of his, his disciples, how they would die? Like he told Peter he would be crucified upside down. And I don't think so. You know, he, he said, Peter, you're going to be led out. Yeah, towards, he doesn't say you're going to be crucified upside down, but he says, Peter, you're going to be led out. I can't remember exactly. He implies it. He implies it. And then John says, well, what about, and, and, and no, John, said, you'll die an old man. You're the only one. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah. You know, so. I remember now, Peter told him he wanted, he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus because he was. Oh, well, yeah, that's from so he had So he had him crucified upside, upside down. Right, and I think that's interesting. And uh, usually when you find little discrepancies in historical references, it just means you don't have the whole story. Uh, I think, I'm assuming that the Jewish church in the middle of that revolution as they're trying to overthrow the synagogue or the temple, as they're trying to overthrow the Romans, they're going to overthrow everybody else who's their enemy too. Because that was the revolution, was this Jewish revolution. And I think they were brought out and attacked. And in the end, um, the Jews, uh, the Christians get crushed along with the Jews by both parties, which was essentially what happened. All right, let me throw a monkey at you here. Please do, I like monkeys. So, I'm thinking of Revelation and tribulation. Uh -huh. They were not saved from wrath. No. But that's the argument a lot of people make that we will not go through the tribulation is that we are saved from wrath. But in this case, they were punished just along with, with all the other Jews, whether they were Christian or non-Christian. It's ironic that all of them, uh, yeah, all, that's all of them were killed except for one. John was the only one that didn't die. They tried to kill him by boiling him in oil, then they just cast him on the Isle of Patmos. Well, he's not so well, much I'm talking about this passage. He's not talking about Messiah. He's talking about just Right, that's what I'm Christians saying. I'm talking about in, the Christians in Jerusalem were punished and faced the same well, fate. They faced the tribulation yeah. of that time in Jerusalem. Exactly. And I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people will make the argument moving forward that the church is going to be removed from the situation because we're saved from wrath. I know there is. That's a, the argument people make that for, for pre-trib. There's a big argument being pushed right now about. I'm just saying we have no guarantees. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times people get to play the other side of that yeah. argument is that there's tribulation, then there's the great tribulation, the great that tribulation. we're safe from the great tribulation, but there will still be tribulation for the church before the great We tribulation. shouldn't assume because we're a Christian that we're safe we from whatever it is. Money in the water when we talk about the tribulation, confusing God's punishment and wrath with the tribulation. Right, we try and connect those two. Yes, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the purpose of the Great Tribulation the is when the Holy Spirit is removed, the, the church is removed, 
this once. It's just God's wrath is not so much. God's wrath is I'm removing my protection. That's and what, what the nature of man. Remember I said earlier about man messes up things just by natural being man. Mm -hmm. And God said, you want, I heard this quote from preacher. You want a world without my influence? See it. Yeah. Yeah. And the nat that's the great tribulation. Yeah, it's, just, it's just you guys do what you would do naturally, and I'll I'll bring the hope because that's the Holy Spirit is removed from this, and that's that's the time of the great tribulation to where you think it was bad when I had the Holy Spirit's influence on the world. I'll remove the Holy Spirit. You guys can have it. That's considered wrath. And and with the Antichrist and all that's going on right there, that's considered what is tribulation. Is when just God says, "I won't interfere to that degree." Now, there's other things like the woes and everything. I understand all that, but you know that's where they go. Now, the other side of that argument is, you know, the church is removed, therefore the Holy Spirit's removed because the Holy Spirit is in the church, and the influence of the church, which protects the world from a lot of things, believe it or not. Suddenly, you remove the church, you remove a great influence from the world, whether the world realizes it or not. And that happens to take a lot of good things out of the world, or should at least take good things out of the world. There's some bad things in the church that happen too, but that's not God, that's man in the church. But we've got to remember, even with the church here, there's bad things that are happening. And we're, we're, we're not promised freedom from tribulation. In fact, we're very lucky. I mean, I, you and I have had this discussion before. We in the United States got it pretty easy in the church compared to Christians across the world. We, we, yeah, we, I agree. We, we, got, we got smooth sailing here. I am very fortunate to be a Christian in the United States. We, oh, yeah. we are not persecuted here. I don't, I don't give a crud mm -hmm. what people say. We are not persecuted here. Uh, I got friends in, in other countries. I know people in other countries who are Christians who know true persecution. Right. And, and, but he, Jesus said, don't be so shocked. They, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled, right. which is verse 24. And that's how long this is going to go on. So the time of the Gentiles is the time it takes for Gentiles to be evangelized. And the Gentiles are everyone that's not Jewish. Which is the entire world other than Jerusalem. That's who the Gentiles are. So I think what he's talking about is until absolutely everybody is presented with, with, with God's salvation. Uh, I think we're dangerously close to that. You know, I mean, just looking at it from a sheer statistical point of view. I mean, we, we have broadcast television that can reach into every little corner of nowhere and they can pick up TBN, you know? I mean, uh, I, 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 I we, think we the message is there. All, we lose all excuses. I, we can, on the way to church, you can hear any gospel message. Yeah. What, what are you telling me to do? I said Lester had a comment. Oh, Lester has a comment. Lester, please. Uh, I do not. He does not. I apologize. Okay. Yeah, I agree that we are dangerously close, uh, or maybe hopefully close, well, depending okay. on how you look at it. 
Like, I don't Everybody th that prays world peace. Okay, like I, they want world peace. You, you don't you don't know what you're asking for. What you're asking is every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Christ is King. That is world peace, and that that is taking away free will to a, to an extent. To an extent, I'm not completely saying free, but you're going to bow, you're going to confess. Christ is king, so that's you're asking for world peace. You're asking for that free will to, because yeah, you're going to see Christ, and you have no choice but like we're forcing take anyone to knee, take, knee. take the knee. I mean, so what is that? Uh, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. If you want world peace, so that, that's how you're going to get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so where did the free will go away? Uh, um, I think we're praying for people to genuinely accept Christ, yes. right? Yes. It's not like we're Muslims or anything. I'm just saying Christ shows up. Okay. Well, and you then don't they'll have... either believe or not believe at that point. Yeah. And they'll bow their knees. You know? Well, but in yeah. that situation, that, that passage of scripture says everybody will, even the Satan and demons will, will bow uh, at that point. Yeah. But, but you also got, here's the other thing people got to realize in verse 10. It says nation will rise against nation, brother wife will rise against wife. Oh, yes. Do you know the definition of nation? Actually, interpretation is not nation against nation, it's ethnic grouping. Rise up against ethnic groups. What? Yep. That's the incorrect interpretation of that scripture. Ethnicity will rise up against ethnicity. They're already starting that with, they, this, yeah. with this race theory that they're introducing into America. It's I, I think it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's not that that's not that we're talking worldwide. We're not talking about that. We're, Skin is. We're, we're, we're talking about some world divided up into different families. That was last night. Don't mix last night in with today. The true nations are divided. Nations are not divided by borders. They're divided by ethnic groups. You know, the Sheiks versus the the Shiites and the and the things like that and 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 such. So I mean, but we're we're going to be seeing more of that. We're even seeing within ethnic groups within whites. You know, it's 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 not even about skin color. Those Irish. Yes. It's it's not about it's, and that's we're not talking about skin color we're talking ethnicity though Greek and meatballs don't forget about abortion and and so I think you are we, we are coming yeah, dangerously greasy, close tally, to it. greasy meat and yeah, so it's tally. right go ahead uh, verse twenty five as he shifts gears and we're talking about something else again <laughs> verse twenty five yes I'm waiting Andrew he hasn't said anything what? today wait uh, we'll, we'll we'll throw him in in a minute. There will be signs in the. Uh, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. That didn't happen in 70 A.D. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming in the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place and stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you will see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you will know that the kingdom of God is near. And it makes me wonder which things he's referring to there since he's kind of referred to a lot. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And I think he's referring to the first part, Bill. 
Uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live in the face of the whole earth. Uh, be always on the watch and pray that you will be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple and each evening he went out to spend the night in the, in the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. And that is the end of verse 21. And I took a big chunk of there. Uh, and we've got about 10 minutes. Um, he is obviously referring to end times because he is talking about uh, astronomical calamity. Things happening to the sun, moon, and stars. Um, the heavens will be shaken. Uh, the blood moon happens like twice a year, right? Okay. Uh, what, what, what? Money? It has to do with money? What are you talking about money? Oh, I see. So you can't. Well, these days it is. So you can't okay. believe any of them, then. And to be honest, I'm I think true. it doesn't really matter. I'm a cynic at all. In the sense, of, <laughs> I respect that in you, actually. Basically, in the sense of like, uh, basically, all that matters is Christ wins at the end and all that. So why you learn that from his father? So, and besides, you can take whatever interpretation you want. It's not really going to matter at the end. Well, I think that's what the point of this passage was. I mean, Christ ends with, you know, these are going to be signs of what's coming in the future. Get ready. Mm -hmm. He's telling them to get ready. Bad stuff's coming. Stand approved before God. You know, uh, the details aren't that important. As long as, you're, as long as you're good with Christ and as long as your soul is, is, is prepared... And you know what's coming, yeah. you know? You know, the preacher preached last night, if you were here, she said that, um, you know, bad things have happened, and but guess what? It's going to get worse. She was not very, uh, she's yeah, like, that's... this is not going to get better. It is going to get worse. Don't believe what you hear, that it's going to get better. COVID things are down. This is down or whatever. Oh, my gosh. The gasoline has gone down. Forget it. It's going to get worse. And is that sort of what we're talking about here a little bit? Yes. That, you know. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. It's like I heard the scientists say the sun is running out of power. Wait, what? Where'd you get that idea? They said that it's having these nuclear explosions like on the sun. Well, it has the flares. It's well, running. Where they were explaining, though, that its energy is weakening. Well, in about a billion years. So in a yeah. billion years, <laughs> we're, in a billion we're years. in trouble in a billion years. We need to fix this now. Steve we're, Martin we're, said a funny thing. So once we go all solar, it's going to be too late. Steve, Steve, Martin, Steve Martin said, he said uh, he read the newspaper one time that, that this is going to read that the sun is going to eventually like, you know, engulf, you know, grow about five times its size and engulf the earth in flames. And that's it. I'm getting fire extinguished. In a billion years, you know, but I mean, oh. in terms of running out of fuel, it's like, yeah, it's running out of fuel, but in a billion years, it runs out of fuel. So, there was actually a Nickelodeon episode.
so-called inner danger where there was this similar apocalypse because it said goodbye and all that. But it turns out, oh, it's not going to happen to a million years. Life's a roller coaster. (laughs) You know, yeah, there'll be a time where things kind of calm down a little bit, but then it always goes back to getting worse again. Yeah. And just and elections come around. What? When elections come around. Yeah, I mean, it's just there'll be a time. No matter who's in charge, this is going to happen. Well, it's just like back in the Old Testament when God stopped the sun so that they could win the battle, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean well, he literally stopped the sun from, you know? Well, I think the key takeaway there is we have to learn to manage our anxiety from the standpoint that we know this is coming. And we have to be able to trust God and say, you know, no matter what life brings at me, I'm going to trust God. Yeah. Amen. I live my life daily as though it's not coming back. Like my practical side, I pay my go to work, I pay my mm-hmm. bills, but I live spiritually that he can come back at any moment. Yeah. And be at peace with that. And be at peace with that. I mean, just. Well, I think maybe, hopefully, that all of us agree that all of our lives we've heard Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and at, at some point you go, yeah, right, Jesus is coming. But y'all, Jesus is coming. I mean, things are coming. Well, we, yes and no, because we, we, we have to be careful because then we, we because uh, I remember being six, seven years old, preachers getting up, this is the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then you do get some people going, well, I've heard this all my life, I'm going to quit like believing it. Mm-hmm. It's like the boy who cried. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we quit preaching about the end times, but we just say we don't know. It's okay. There's nothing right. wrong saying we don't know. Now, it definitely. Like it's getting worse. Yeah, we say it, but when we start, that's where we get in trouble. Say, well, this has got to be it. Well, the the, the 1990 the Iraq War. Well, this is it. Now, this is it. Iraq Babylon. This is it. This is it. Babylon. You know. And then then 9/11. This has got to be it. This has got to be it. Yeah. You know, folks, let's just let's calm I remember, down. I remember something about it's been a long time or something about that historical meeting between uh, the two. Jewish and Palestinian leaders, how that they were ever they were trying to say that that's part of it, you know. Gorbachev's little mark on his head, well, the Antichrist, you know. I mean, you know, you know <laughs> and, <laughs> and people bought that book, the Y2K. You know, that people bought those books. People bought all the food and put in their garages because everything. And then even after it didn't happen, I remember like Grant Jeffrey, he's dead now, so I can talk about it. He came on and said, no, it really did happen. I heard that there was an ATM machine in Colorado that didn't work after 9-11. So it, it was true. You know, after, and I'm like, you know, and, and I also, I still wonder, other if money was going to be useless after January 1st, 2000, why did you charge for your book? Do you want to know the truth about why? Because <laughs> I was at the command center that boy. night. I had to stay to make sure all the computers turned Everything over. Everything was just fine. But well, here's the deal, though, that people don't realize. I went to the command center and I was listening to the command center where we had people tying dynamite to the transmission lines going across Nevada so they could take down the grid and scare everybody to death thinking that Y2K really did happen. It was actually men trying to cause Y2K to happen. But, but once again, Christ is in control. Christ is in control. We keep our eyes focused on Christ. We did everything and knew that everything was going to roll over, but then we had these crazy... We even had to send police officers to our substations. We had people trying to throw chains over the fences of the substation to wrap around the 
you know, the bus of the transformers to blow up the substations. I mean, it was, it was chaos. It was like chaos. January 6th, chaos. Be, 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 on guard, be on guard so that your hearts. <laughs> be, be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness Amen. and the worries of life. We, so we overthrew the government in January. So instead of all these preachers, all these okay. years preaching that Jesus is coming night till now, they should have been preaching Jesus is going to come. We just don't know when. Yeah. Maybe, right. maybe everybody would. And quit making money off of people who really fear. Or don't feed that fear. Feed, feed the knowledge <coughs> of who Christ is. Thank you. And now after that expression of anxiety and cynicism, we need to trust in Christ <laughs> and get our lives right and be prepared for bad things to come. That's basically the message. And with that, I am turning off this microphone so that we can continue to rant in private. Nathan, are you uh, bye, bye. Yeah, Nathan, are you listening?